Are you ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and turn to John's Gospel, chapter number 14. And I need you to go ahead and stand, if you will, as we do here at Foundation Church every week before I, we go into our sermon in honor of God's word. John's Gospel, chapter number 14. <clears throat> and I'm only going to read about uh, four verses in this particular chapter this morning. Uh, when you get there, you can say amen. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to and prepare a place for you, I will again, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the revelation of your word this morning. God, I pray you would help us, Lord, to understand what the Spirit is saying to the church. God, will you speak to every one of us? I pray that there will be a sense of urgency that will arise in all of our hearts for the moment that is at hand. God, we are tasked with a great responsibility in sharing and preaching this love to all the world. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray this morning, God, that you will speak with such authority, with such clarity, that God, not only will we love you much, much more, but that our lives will be changed as a result of what we hear today. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Well, good morning to every one of you once again. So good to see you here at Foundation. And uh, we have been in a series entitled Come Alive. And we are actually in the process of closing this series, which will close today. And the whole purpose of the Come Alive series was to explore the life that Christ offers in a world that is fading very, very fast. By way of recap, we opened this series up with Come Alive with New Life. And so we talked about that one must be born again before they can go into the kingdom of God. And we highlighted the fact that only Christ can give new life. Second week, we talked about Come Alive with Grace. Everybody say grace. Not only are we saved by grace, but we are kept by grace. It's so important that we understand that. One cannot work their way into heaven. It comes by way of trusting in the finished work of the cross, Jesus Christ. Uh, last week, we talked about come alive with forgiveness. And we talked about the fact that it's important that we accept God's forgiveness when, God, when we pray and ask him for it. There, you talked about the fact that there are a lot of people who do something wrong or uh, whatever the case might be, and they pray and they ask God to forgive them, but they keep replaying the thing in their minds. In other words, they 
they really haven't accepted God's forgiveness. So we talked about the importance of accepting God's forgiveness, but not only, not only that, but also uh, the importance of forgiving others. We have been called as people who have been forgiven to also exercise our faith and forgive others. This is a pillar of our faith as Christians. And today, I want to close this series with Come Alive with the hope of his return. The hope of his return. As I began to ponder this particular message, I really thought that I had not done uh, too many teachings on this subject of the return of Jesus Christ. And yet, when you study the scriptures, there are over 300 verses uh, in the New Testament alone that deals with the return of Jesus Christ. That means about one out of every 25 verses in the New Testament deals specifically with the return of Jesus. Now, we must understand that this is something that the New Testament church, that they fully embrace in their generation. In other words, they live their lives in such a way that they believe that Christ could come any minute, that he could come any moment. And say, so Maranatha means come quickly. The church lived in the spirit of Maranatha because they understood that Jesus was to return. And how many know that when you understand that Jesus is going to return, it should change the way we think. Amen? When you know the master is on the way back and he's coming back for us, then it should change us. It should motivate us. And I really believe that it should be one of the most exciting things that we think about is the return of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna, we're going to talk today, and I'm going to dig into some verses today uh, to recall us and so that we can be reminded of the fact that Jesus is coming back. I believe that Jesus is coming back. Does anybody else in here believe that? He is coming back. How many of you like movies? Here I like movies. Um, you know, when you go to a movie theater, oftentimes before they show the main picture that you paid your money for, they will show these clips. Uh, you know, they call them coming attractions. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, when they kind of, when you sit in the movie theater, they kind of show you these kind of, these clips of these upcoming movies. And it's amazing because uh, you can kind of read people if they really like that particular clip or if they don't like that clip. So, but, but particularly when, when people are seeing something that is really coming down the pike, a movie that is coming, a coming attraction, one that they really, really like, you see this enthusiasm, this excitement, and you can almost read their lips. You know, I can't wait. You know, because there is this anticipation that this great movie, this great sequel that you've been waiting for, oh boy, it's coming. And boy, what enthusiasm and what excitement. But how many know that the Bible talks about a coming attraction? Yeah, and everybody going to get a front row seat to this one. This will be a movie like none other. This will be the movies of movies. And when the king comes back, Jesus is not coming like when he first came. See, when Jesus came as a baby, he came in obscurity. He came in quietness. He came with, with not a lot of stature and, 
and not a lot of power that was recognized. Jesus came very, very humbly and, and so much so that the many didn't even recognize. But when Jesus come back the second time, everybody say the second time, he is coming back with great power and glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's not coming back as a baby in a manger. He is coming back as a conquering king. Everybody say king. He's the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. So he's not coming back quietly, amen? He's coming back to receive his people. He's coming back to root out evil on the earth. He's coming back to set up a new kingdom, a kingdom that dwells righteousness and peace forever. And hear this. I believe that his return is imminent. Imminent. I simply mean by that is that I believe that Jesus could come any minute. Any minute, any second. You know, I said today that the, at the beginning of the message that the New Testament church, the way they live their life, they, they really believe, oh, he could come at any second. And if you know he can come at any second, the question you got to ask yourself is, am I ready? What am I doing when the king comes? Am I ready for his return? And if you're really saved today, you really know Jesus, you are excited about it. You can't wait. You're like that person sitting in the movie theater just looking at that movie clip. You're saying, oh, I can't wait when Jesus comes back. I'm so excited. But if you can't do that with me this morning, you better check your salvation. Something's up with you. Because the thing that should be, listen, when Jesus comes back, there will be no more talk about all this, well, you know, you got your way, I got my way, and all these various discussions about all these different religions. When Jesus comes back, all that stuff is going to be shut down. Won't be no more discussion because he's going to shut it down. The essence of the church is that he's coming back. He's coming back for his people. He's coming back to rule. And how many know that we're going to be with him? Amen. Is anybody excited about that? He is king of kings and he is lord of lords. So let's look at a couple of verses. So three points of his return I want to talk about this morning. Number one, I want to talk about the promise of his return. And number two, I want to talk about the conditions before his return. And then number three, I want to talk about the preparation of his return. Now, I want you to be, I need you to, to stay with me in this because I'm going to say some things and I'm going to recite verses that may make you excited. But at the, at the same time, I'm praying to God that there will be a sense of urgency to come over the church with regard to Christ's return. This is a very, very serious thing that we're talking about today. This is not, the book is not fables and and mysteries and stories made up by men. This is the living word of God. It is not just another book. It is the book of books. Are you hearing me? It is a living, breathing document. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never, ever pass away. People trip all the time, but Jesus don't trip. He's not a man that he should lie. Are you hearing me? So what we're speaking today is eternal. It's truth. And it should get you excited. You should get motivated. Now, let's talk about the promise of his return. Jesus said to the disciples in John chapter 14, 
He says, let not your heart be troubled. Now understand who Jesus was talking to. He was talking to the disciples. He was also talking to us today. Let not your heart be troubled. How many know that there are many troubled hearts around us today? You know, every time, you know, people are worried about ISIS. How many of you ever heard of ISIS, that terrorist group? They're running around chopping people's heads off. I see people getting on the airplane, and, and whenever they get a smidget of, of some possible thing happening, people begin, they're worried, they're troubled, and they're afraid, and, and they're scared, and there's violence in the street. There's a sense of uncertainty, you know, in the world abroad. You know, with all the trouble, with all the concerns, Jesus said this, let not your heart be troubled. Everybody else is troubled. Everybody else concerned. That's one thing to be concerned. It's another thing to be troubled. You, you see the difference? See, he said, let not your heart be troubled. In other words, don't be like other people. Don't act like you don't have hope beyond this life. Don't act like you don't know that the king of glory is coming back. Don't act like you don't know the answer. You already know the beginning from the end. That God has already told you that you won the day, that we already won. So, you know, when you live like you already won, no, no matter what happens in life, I'm not going to let myself get troubled about, I'm not going to walk around saying, oh, God, what am I going to do? Preach the good news of the kingdom. That's what you do. So we don't want to let our hearts, don't you let your hearts get troubled. And why? And why? Jesus says, for in my father's house are many mansions. That word mansions in the Greek means dwelling places. Oh, you think you got a nice crib now. <laughs> Many dwelling places. He says, if it were not so, I would have told you. Now listen to this. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Watch this. That where I am, there you will be also. How do you know Jesus ain't preparing a place that's going to be vacant? <laughs> He's preparing a place for us. Eternity is being prepared for you and me. And Jesus said, don't you be troubled because, because your life is not based on this life. You live in the supernatural. Everybody say supernatural. supernatural. See, the things that are really seen are the things you don't see. That might take a minute for some of you to get there, but catch up. See, the reality is in the unseen world. See, the devil make you think that what you see at all, that it, but it's not. Jesus said that we ought to know that he's prepared a place for us, and that not only that, he said, I'm coming back for you to receive you unto myself so that wherever I am, you're going to be with me. How many of you want to be with Jesus today? I don't know about you, but I want to be with him. Acts chapter 1, verse number 11. And these are promises of Jesus' return. Look at this. Who also said, men of Galilee. Now, this is after Jesus had rose from the dead. And now Jesus, this is after the 500 had, received him, had seen him after he had rose. Others had, other Christians had he had spent some time with the brothers and sisters. And then he went back up into heaven. And this is where we pick it up in Acts chapter 1, verse number 11. And he said, men of Galilee. These are the angels talking. Why do you stand gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, 
who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him what? Go up into heaven. In other words, see, see, watch this. See, the disciples, they were all sitting there. I want you to get the picture. They were all standing there, and, and you know, they spend this time with the resurrected Christ, right? They spend time with him, and all of a sudden, they see, they look, and Jesus is going back up into heaven. And, and the angels had to remind themselves, so, so, why, why y'all gazing like that? In other words, why y'all look like y'all upset? Why am I looking at tears? Do you not know that the same way that he came, he went up, he's going up, is the same way you're going to see him come back. The story ain't over. It's just getting started. Why is anybody helping me? I need somebody to help me preach in here. See, it's just getting started. So, so they were gazing, and, and you can imagine, oh, Jesus, oh, oh, you know, and they're looking, and they said, this ain't a time to sit back and wonder and be sad. This is the time to get busy. Everybody know that we're in a time we need to get busy, amen? This is the time we need to be telling people, get ready, get ready. You know, I guess a famous preacher like to say that term, get ready, get ready, get ready. But, you know, that was already said a long time ago. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We need to get ready. This is not a time to be sitting back worried. It's not a time for you to be crying. It's not a time for you to be walking in doubt and unbelief. And listen, when somebody come to you and they want to, you know, boo-hoo boo about all the trials of this world and all the problems of this world, how many know that's a golden opportunity right there? That's a, boy, somebody, please come to me talking about you don't know what to do. Please come talk to me about that. I can point you to the one that gives life. How many know he gives life? First Thessalonians, first Thessalonians chapter number four. Go ahead and run there real quick. So he's coming back. I want you to understand, he's coming back for his church. In verse number 13, look at this. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 13 through 18. I want you to turn there. I want you to lay your eyes on it. When you get there, say amen. I want you to see this. Hallelujah. But I do not want you to be ignorant, <laughs> brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Fallen asleep is a metaphor for death, for people who have died. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Now, how many of you have ever been to those funerals? I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not making light of anything, you know. But, but you ever seen the funeral when it gets so bad that people start jumping, screaming, they want to get up in the casket, and they just, y'all you, you know what I'm talking about, you know, they flip the casket over, and they just, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not making light of it, but I'm just saying, that's a person to me that is sovereign without hope. I'm telling you right now, when I, if I leave this earth before you, if you come up on my casket and you start acting crazy, I'm going to wake up from the dead and smack you in your face. <laughs> Don't you come up in here doing that. What's wrong with you? I'm in a better place, hallelujah. I know, no, 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 look, look, you can shed a tear, you can miss me. I'm okay with that, but don't be acting like the party is over, baby. I'm in a much better place than you are, for Paul said absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So I ain't tripping. Don't you trip. I'm good. I hear people worry about, don't you get scared of flying? No. What am I scared of flying for? 
I'm going to be flying for a long time, baby. I'm already there. <laughs> no, I don't fear any of that. Why? He says, so, so this, this is people who died in Christ. Look at this. But I do not want you to be ignorant. Paul had to let the Thessalonians know because what was happening was they were walking around and they were looking like, man, Jesus is going to come back. He's going to come back. And they were just like every day. They were looking. They were looking. And Jesus, and they, but then they had loved ones who died. So some of them was like, well, but, but what, what, what about my, my mother? What about my, my brother? What about my love? What about my son? What, what about them? What's going to happen with them? And Paul had to educate him. He said, now, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep or died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Watch this. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, is there anybody in here that believes Jesus died and rose again? Come on. Is there anybody who believes that? Now, now, look, y'all need to start tripping, I'm telling you, because this story is about you. Every Christian in here right now, your eyes should be wide open. You should shake it off. Look at it, so shake it off. Shake off your sleeplessness. Shake off your tiredness. Come on, you need, to, you need to walk. I'll give you permission to walk around while I preach, but you need to get excited about this. This is a story about us. Watch this now. For if we believe, we, W-E, believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep, in Jesus. Watch this now. So those who have died in Christ, how many know the Jesus that with the Lord, the Bible says he's going to bring them with him. Well, watch this though. For, we, for this we say, verse number 15, to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, watch this, and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means proceed those who are asleep. In other words, those dead bodies that are in the grave, the Bible said they're going to come up first. Everybody say first. So, I mean, no, God don't forget nothing. Well, I don't know. Their body is in the water. It's ashes. How many know God knows where your body is? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Work with me in here. For he says, well, watch this. For we, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, verse 15, that we who are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord will by, will, will by no means proceed those who are asleep. All right? For the Lord, look at verse 16, for the Lord himself. In other words, the Lord's not going to send a representative. Come on. He's not going to deputize somebody to go do this. He's not going to send an angel or somebody else, you know, a host of folks to come. No, the Bible says the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Everybody say shout. How many of you know that the greatest victory in history deserved the greatest shout in history? Come on. The Lord will descend with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Watch this now. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Everybody say caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. That's a good time right there to clap your hands and say hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands right there. You believe that. Hallelujah. I mean, we're going to be with the Lord forever. 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 So shall we ever be with the Lord. The Bible says that he's also coming back to render judgment on those who reject him. Revelations verses 1-7. 
Revelation 1.7. Behold, he is coming with clouds. <laughs> is anybody hearing me this morning? Talking about Jesus now. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him. Remember we talked about that coming attraction? Even those who pierced him. In other words, all the folks that drove the nails in Jesus' hands, he said all of them, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Why are they mourning? Because he's coming to render judgment on the earth. How many know that God's going to get rid of sin? Amen? God's going to put down unrighteousness. God's going to put down, you know, death has been swallowed up in victory. Ain't going to be no more death. Ain't going to be no more sickness. Ain't going to be no more disease. Ain't going to be no more of any of that. God is going to eradicate everything that is not right, and he's going to start with judging his enemies. How many know that Jesus got a lot of enemies? Oh, they talk about him all the time, don't they? I mean, every time we turn around on TV, they're coming up with some kind of story. You know, they try to discredit the word of God. I mean, they've been trying to do this. Listen to me. This ain't just started happening, folks. They've been doing this from the beginning. They've been trying to discredit the word of God. But you can't discredit power. You, you, you can't reject the king of kings and the Lord of lords because he's the one who's sovereignly in control of all things. So no matter what you say, no matter what you do, you can't stop this. MC Hammer didn't begin that. It's Jesus. Some of y'all too young you know what that means. You can't stop this. All right. Matthew 24. Verses 29 through 31, look at this. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. This is Bible church. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. Good goodness. Good God. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. How many know the Lord knows those who are his? He knows those who, who are his. And he's coming with great power. He's not coming again as a babe in the manger. He's coming to bring us back home, and he's coming to render judgment on the earth. Now let's talk about uh, the conditions before his return. The conditions. Let's talk about this. This is so important. I want you to really, really pay attention this morning to this. So there are some conditions, some things that we need to understand. Matthew chapter 24, verses 5 through 8. Do we have that one? Matthew chapter 24, verses 5 through 8. Uh, they're right on it. And look, at this is Jesus talking. For many will come in my name, look at this, church, saying, I am the Christ. Now, I want, you to, I want you to pause and think of that for a moment. Because whether or not they say they're the Christ or whether or not they say they're a representative or they present themselves as some kind of Messiah or someone who has the direct link to God, which no one does except Christ, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. But there are others who try to position themselves as they are the way to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the spirit of the Antichrist. Any way to try to say that there's a way to God outside of Christ, they are the spirit of the Antichrist. Do you hear me? Period. Now look at this. For many will come in my name saying, I'm Christ. And will deceive a few people. That what it say? Y'all hearing that? Many. And you will hear of wars 
and rumors of wars, see that you are not troubled. Did I get it? There it is again. See, he said, don't you be troubled. He said, everybody else is troubled because people, listen to me, it's not going to get any better. I'm going to show you this here in a second. Wars and rumors of wars. See, watch this. Uh, but see that you are not troubled, talking to you, Christian, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Watch this. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. Did anybody hear there was just an earthquake in Nepal yesterday? How many people they said died in an earthquake? Over 2,000. All right? Now, here's what I love about the Bible. Here's what I love about the Bible. Here's why you know the Bible is real. Here's why you know that what we say is not true. The Bible was compiled over hundreds and thousands of years by different authors, and oftentimes the years apart was hundreds of years before one author wrote one book and another author came and wrote another book of the Bible. And the prophetic nature of the book, it, it, it happens exactly like it says. Everything that was predicted about Christ happens. Everything that's being predicted about the earth in the time that we're living in, it is happening. You know, one of the ways that you know something is true or not is whether or not it comes to pass. Are you hearing me? So we can put God's word to the test this morning. You hear what I'm saying? I mean, there are many people walking around claiming that they're Christ. There are many deceivers. He said that they're going to be, watch this, famines and pestilences and earthquakes and various places. But look at this verse 8. He gave us an insight. Are you still listening? Say amen. He says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. You know what he's simply saying? That it's going to get worse. It's not that there hasn't been to some degree earthquakes and fighting and wars. But what he's saying is it's going to gradually increase and it's going to get worse. He said, these are the beginning of sorrows. I'm not a doom and gloom preacher, but how many know Jesus spoke truth? Amen. Truth is truth. So from a prophetic standpoint, we already know what's going to take place. Aren't you glad that God gave you insight? Aren't you glad that he talked to you? Aren't you glad that he left you the word so that we would know what's coming down the pike? How many know we know? So there's going to be great deception. How many know that there's a lot of people being deceived today? I mean, it's all over the place. The devil is all up in the church. The devil is all up in the pulpit. The devil is everywhere. People are tripping. Deception is on the rise. People are claiming stuff that is not biblical. And how many know, this is why we tell people all the time, y'all say, Pastor, you sound like a broken record. I tell you all the time, you got to know this book like you know breathing. You got to know it because if you don't, you can get duped. You can get deceived. The Bible says many will get deceived. It ain't said, it's a many. So that scares, I don't know about you, but that scares me. It makes me want to dig in this thing more. Why? Because I don't want to be deceived. I want to know the truth. Listen to me. If the Bible is your blueprint for living, then why aren't you in it as much as you can be? I don't know why people trip and don't read the Bible, but every now and then, open the Bible up only on Sunday. Shame on you. You are a candidate. I'm being honest with you because I love you. I'm your pastor. I love you. I'm not making commands. I'm not speaking legalism. I'm telling you that you and I need to be prepared. The only way to guard yourself against the counterfeit is to be very, very familiar with the real. 
They tell me that in bank, when they, when they teach bankers about money, when they, when they try to teach them you know, between the counterfeit and the real, it's, they, just, they, they, they don't spend a whole lot of time talking about counterfeit as much as they do as telling them what the real thing looks like. Because when you get the real thing down, when you really understand that, you'll know a fake when it comes. I'm, I, listen, I, I, I hate to say this, but, but, but the, the Bible says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. God's people, sometimes, we take stuff for granted. We take stuff, for, and we just assume that it's okay. I, I, you know, people walk around, and, and they, spend, they put their whole eternity based on a thought or a feeling or a whim. I hope I'm right. I don't, don't want to hope into that. I can't, I, don't, I can't afford to get this one wrong. Eternity is real. Are you hearing me? Hell is real. Now watch this. He said, now these are the beginning of sorrow. But look at this. So deceptions, I'm sorry. So deception is on an all-time high. We're at a difficult place. But look at, look at another condition. This is another condition the Bible talks about. False Christs and false prophets will arise, watch this, and show signs. Look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 24 to 27. Look at this verse. For false Christ, there it is, false Christ, those who come in the spirit of Christ, trying to act like they're the great one, they're the Messiah. False Christ and false prophets will rise. Watch this. Not only will false Christ and false prophets rise, look at this. Now, now, are you still listening? Say amen. amen. He said, watch this. He said, but they will show great signs and wonders. Well, I, 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 he must be a God. I mean, they slain him in the spirit. I'm, I'm pre- listen, listen to me. I'm talking. Listen, listen. You see, you got to see, there are some folk that live their Christian life based on signs. You better stop living your life on signs and seek Jesus. A lot of people will get in trouble because you're seeking us. Listen, are you listening to me? Say amen. Because there are a lot of people out there that all kind of the devil works in the signs. And, and, and God's people ought to be wiser than that. We need not be a sign seeker. We need to be a truth seeker. Seek the word of God. Jesus said this, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. But no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah. When I get up out of that grave. Let me tell you something. We need to be people wiser than that. How many know that the one that the, the thing that's going to keep you grounded is that you need to test everything by this? I mean everything. And you know, the Bible is becoming more and more unpopular to people. Am I, am I right about it? Even in churchdom, people are picking and choosing a certain part of the Bible that they don't like. Or they want to say outdated. Let me tell you something. Don't believe the hype. He already told you. Don't go, listen, listen, the devil works, the devil does miracles, the devil do all kind of signs, and don't be tripping. Well, you know, that's a sign from the Lord. I, I asked the Lord, 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 if this is really of you, let a good-looking man, let him look good, come through the door. And then a good-looking man, God, that must be the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. Be careful with that. I'm going to say to you right now, as your pastor who loves you, don't be a sign seeker. Be a Jesus seeker. You seek the word. You seek Jesus. You run after him. You hunger after him. Seek to be like him. Seek his character. Seek his will. Seek who he is. And God will lead you and guide you. His spirit in you will guide you. Don't be immature praying those immature prayers. 
Therefore, verse 26, if they say to you, look, watch, watch this, he is in the deserts, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, talking about, you know, people saying Jesus, you know, he's going to, oh, I found Jesus, y'all. I found him. He's over here in the cave. He's hanging out in the desert. Oh, I, no, 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 no. Verse 27, for as a lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Oh, boy. How many of you love the Bible? See, a lot of people, boy, because people see Jesus in some funny places. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it there. I mean, I've heard, I've been doing this for a long time. I've seen and heard it all. Trust me. Trust me. So they'll show great signs. They're going to lie. They're the spirit of deception. You'll find them hiding in rocks and caves. Now, when Jesus comes back this time, he's coming back with glory. Ain't going to be no question. There's a lightning flash from the east to the west. You'll know it. How many know he's already told us right here? Aren't you glad he told you? Look at your neighbor and say, God, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. See, we have this book. We have the book, people. We have the word of God. Everything that we need according to this life, we got it in God's word. I believe that with all my heart. You, y'all know I believe that. See, another condition of his return, look at this. Watch this. They will be living according to their own lusts. All right? So I'm, I'm doing some teaching this morning, so I want you to stay. I want you to write these verses down. Watch this now. Verse 24, verses, uh, uh, Matthew 24, verses 37 and 38. Look at this. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Look at this. What were they doing? For as in the days of before the flood, they were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, and given in marriage until that day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. People are going to be, listen to me, people are living their lives today like they're doing whatever they want to do. And, and, you know, and they're marrying whoever they want to marry. Read between the lines. They're just doing what they got to do. But there's coming a point in time, watch this, when, when the Lord comes back, it's going to hit them all at once. It's going to be quick. It's going to be fast. It's going to be sudden. The Bible talks about this sudden destruction that's going to come. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 and 4. Y'all know this verse. For men, this is a sign of the last days we're living in. Men will be lovers of themselves. Did anybody see that today? Lovers of money. Come on. People will do anything for money. People will sell their mother and their daddy for money. People will do it. He's a lover of money, boastful, proud, disobedient to parents, have no natural affection for their own mama and daddy. It is demonic. The Bible says, honor your mother and your father. Church, it's demonic. Well, I don't like my mom. Don't bother to say whether you like your mother, your daddy or not. Honor your mother and father. This is right in the sight of the Lord. Watch this, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. How many know we live in an unholy generation? I mean, we're confused now. I mean, you know, yeah, we're talking, you know, trust me, y'all here, I'm going to speak prophetically. All right, y'all ready? All right, so now they're going to legalize marijuana. They ain't the only drug they're going to legalize. Oh, it's a slippery slope. I'm, you heard it here first. They're going to be legalizing a whole lot of stuff. How many know all the drugs will make you feel better? I'm just saying, watch. 
We can't even discern anymore. Look, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, no boundaries, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure more than, rather than lovers of God. There's a lot of people that are not in the house of God today because they love pleasure more. How many know that's a fact? Another condition, they will, there will be mockers. Everybody say mockers. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days. How many know we're living in the last days? You ought to know it. Walking according to their own lust. There it is again. Walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? But since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. In other words, there's some folks walking around right now. Wait, didn't Jesus even come out how many years ago? How many years has it been? A couple thousand years at least. But the, they, they don't understand that the Bible says in verse number 9 in 2 Peter chapter 3, says, uh, 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 say, a, a, a thousand years is like one day to the Lord. So, so on a, how many know the Lord don't live inside of time? We do. He lives in eternity. So from a Lord perspective, Jesus only been gone a couple days. Some of y'all don't forget, y'all still trying to get there, right? Man, you know, 2,000 years, a couple days. 1,000 years is like one day to the Lord. See, the Lord don't think like you think. He's outside the box. Everybody say outside the box. He don't live inside of time. He lives outside of time. He's in eternity, right? But look what it says in verse number 9 in 2 Peter chapter 3. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. How many know that God, when, God, when Jesus says he's coming back, he's coming back? How many, I, I said again, when he said he's coming back, he's coming back. He's not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering. Everybody say long-suffering. In other words, he's patient. Uh, is anybody here glad God was patient with you? Amen. I mean, he could have came back a long time ago, but thank God he got me. Oh, thank God. Somebody say, thank God. Aren't you glad God is patient with you? Aren't you glad he waited till you, you got some sense? Aren't you glad he didn't leave you where you were? Aren't you glad he didn't leave you in that dog pen, that, 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 that slut house, that whore house, that crack house? Aren't you glad he didn't leave you in that adulterous bed? Aren't you glad that he didn't lead you in the jail? Aren't you glad that he came to you? He waited for you? Is anybody glad? He's long-suffering. Thank God he's long-suffering. I'm not, but he is. Pray for me. But he's long-suffering toward us. But watch this. Not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. So why is there a delay in his coming? Because he's not willing that anybody perish. I mean, no, his mercy is new every morning. Because when this judgment comes, when the king of glory comes back, when he comes back to render judgment, there is no second chance. Ain't like you hold up and hold up, let me get a mulligan, Lord. Ain't get no mulligan. The Bible says it's appointed for men once to die, and after death comes the judgment. So he's long-suffering. He's patient. And you know what? And some of us, we should be praying as eagerly as we should be waiting for his return. We should be praying, Lord God, just wait a minute, God. Just have mercy on them. Don't let them die. Don't let them suffer. Lord God, if you got somebody that, 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 that you've been praying for, that's struggling, pray to God, keep them until they get right with him. Are you hearing me? 
God, please don't let my daughter go. God, please don't let my son go. God, please don't let my husband go. God, please don't let my grandmama. God, please, please, God, spare, God, spare. God, pour out your grace. Pour out your mercy. God, don't come back. Don't end this thing until everybody I love come to Christ. Please, God, please. You need to plead his mercy. Please, God. He's not slack. He just don't want nobody to perish. God's will is that he wants to save from the coming judgment and destruction that is coming upon the earth. How many know it's coming? So in conclusion, the preparation for his return. Now watch this. The preparation. Look at this. Matthew 24, 36. Jehovah Witness. Anybody ever heard of Jehovah Witness? Years ago, back in the early 1900s, uh, they had made a prophecy and they predicted to the science when Jesus was going to come back. You ever heard of date setters? They say when the Lord's going to come back. You know, there are people today that I listen to sometimes. I can't, I used to, you know, when I first got saved, I was really, really, one of my big things was I was, I was so drawn by uh, the prophetic in eschatology, which means in things. That was something that I studied. I studied, I mean, I studied prophecy. I studied uh, in eschatology like, like nothing. I mean, I studied pre-trib, post-trib, I studied rap. I studied all of that. I mean, I just dug into it and dug into it. And you know what? And now I've come to a more simplified place. But let, let me say this to you. But I marvel because I see it, some of these people get on TV. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And they start trying to narrow down the date and the time. And now they, they, they become sophisticated. You know what, Pastor, what do you mean? Because, because they, you know, they use these numbers and they got these equations now. See? There are people who, who, who are uh, numerology, where, where everything is about numbers. It's like, do for five, for five, and ten, do, 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 all this stuff. I'm telling you, watch out. Watch out. He says, Jesus said this in verse Matthew 24, 36. But of the day and the hour, Time frame, no one knows. There it is. So why am I going to try to figure it out? Stop your counting up your numbers, put the pen down, and just start preaching the good news of the gospel. He's not an angel in heaven, not, but he's a but my father only. Jesus in his humanity said, not even, I don't even know when. The father has reserved that. So next time you see a date setter, just roll your eyes and keep walking. Don't even try to talk to them. They, they, they lost it. I'm telling you right now, this scripture, I put the scripture over everything people say. See, when you get free like I am, you don't really care. You, I mean, you've got to be so radical about truth. See, I believe the Bible. I believe it's the word. I don't just talk. To, I believe this is the book. I believe that the, when God, when Jesus said, no man do the day or hour, I'm done. Ain't no more discussion about it, brother. I don't know when he's coming. And I believe that the reason why he don't want us to know, because he want us walking on it. He want us to be ready. Everybody say, be ready. Be ready. He wants you to be prepared. He, he, listen, he, look, because you know if, you can, if he gave you a date, you'd be up there tripping, living like you're crazy, and you'd be saying, okay, how much time I got? You know. No man knows the day or the hour. No one does. Matthew 24, 44, therefore you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming, watch this, at an hour you don't expect. Oh, 
Is anybody looking for Jesus right now? What are you thinking? Oh, boy, I wish I can. I wish the Holy, Holy Ghost. Just let me look into the hearts and minds right now. Give me that supernatural ability. I'd like to know what y'all are thinking right now. Because some of you are looking like, oh, I'm not sure. Therefore, he said, be ready. Everybody say, be ready. Be ready. In other words, live your life right. Be doing the right things, the right time, with the right people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Son of Man is coming in an hour you did not expect. You know, Jesus, as the nature of God, he always catches you. There are some things that are concealed and they are hidden and they're not for us to know right now. You know, you read the book. How many of you like to read the book of Revelation? Love the book of Revelation. But there are some things, you read the book of Revelation, even tell you that there are some things that are concealed. And God has fixed a time when our understanding, how many know God is much wiser than our feudal minds? <laughs> you know, and I, I like if people try to figure it out. Nobody can figure it all out. I just know this. I just need to be doing what I'm supposed to do. I know this. Jesus saved me. He loves me. And he called me to go preach the good news of the gospel. And I have a limited amount of time to get it done. I know that. How many know we need to be about our father's business? Revelation 22, verse 12. Look at this. And behold, I am coming quickly. And my reward is with me. How many know he's going to reward those who love him? To give to everyone according to his work. One thing I learned about God. How many of you have learned this about God? That God sometimes, he'll take his time moving. But boy, when he get ready to move, it's quick. Has anybody ever discovered that? He comes quickly. Lastly, this is the last verse. Titus 2, verses 11 through 13. Here's how we need to live our lives. Here it is right here as we wait for him. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The grace of God. Teaching. Here's what the grace of God teaches us. Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly. In other words, we should be alert, we should be aware, we should be discerning, we should look at everything in this world in light of eternity, all right? Righteously, that means live a holy life, live a life that reflects the character of Christ, and godly, and godly in, the, in this present age, looking for, verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the way we should be living. Titus said we should be living in such a way that we're looking for this blessed hope. Everybody say blessed hope. And glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the way that we need to be living right now. We need to be eager for his return. We need, listen to me, I don't, that doesn't mean that you need to go like some folk. They go get like, you know, whenever there's a snowstorm coming. Why is it that every time it's going to snow, get ice, there's no milk? And anybody ever figure that out? Like, like milk is the only thing that's going to keep you alive. You ever notice that? Like, I, you know, I don't know, milk and bread, the first thing to go on the shelf. You ever notice? You know, but there are people, you know, he's, he's not saying that we, we not to make long-term plans and, and not to work and not to take. He's not saying that. He said we should be, always have our eyes on eternity. We always should be looking eagerly, waiting. Everything that we're doing, we are looking. Is anybody looking for him today? Every head is bowed, every eye is